Jesus Christ put them in the boat. Do you think he was surprised by the wind? He knew precisely. He is the Lord. He is the sovereign. He knew the storm was coming. Couldn't he have said, hey guys, tonight, normally it's quicker just get in the boat and go across, but um, trust me on this one, just go ahead and walk around the lake. It's a little bit longer. He, he told them, get in the boat, cross the sea over toward Capernaum. About a four-mile journey. And then the wind started blowing as they can do powerfully in Galilee. It's, a little, it's, in a, it's in a basin surrounded by hills. And the winds can come in fiercely, especially coming down off of Mount Hermon, cold. Um, and I've read accounts of those who have been there, and they said it's like the sea started boiling. And we showed on Wednesday night, and if you want to go look at our videos, we showed some storms, some videos of storms on the Sea of Galilee. And we showed how small that boat is. Um, they were overwhelmed. They brought down the sail, and they started digging their, their, row, their oars in. But they were in the midst of a storm. Again, I think that's so important. Maybe some of you are in a storm right now. Maybe for some of you, God's path before you is a path that's leading into a storm. I've talked to people over the years that will say, I knew this was God's will because everything worked out so easily. Not necessarily. Not necessarily. Because we go strong when we're going uphill. We grow in the storm. And there were things Jesus wanted them to learn. He protected them. But there were things he intended for them in the storm. And so one of the reminders for us is as we faithfully follow the Lord when the storm comes, we trust the Lord. The shepherd has guided. Now, if we're going off on a path of rebellion, then you can kick yourself and say, this is what I get for rebelling. But if I'm in the path of obedience, trusting the Lord and the storms come, when the storms come, trust that a loving Father has brought you into the storm and most importantly will be with you through the storm. But don't let the storms cause you to question God's wisdom or his strength or even his goodness. We serve a sovereign God, and we can trust him in the storm. A little story, I'm reminded we're getting into the VBS season. Here was a college student, and yet I was faithfully going to be involved in the VBS ministry of our church. And so I was at a VBS planning meeting. You have to understand, I never once been to a VBS in my life. But I could plan a VBS meeting. So I was in the group, and as we were meeting, all of a sudden we heard this screech and this crunch. And we thought, oh, I wonder what that was. I don't know. We were safely inside the pastor's home, and then all of a sudden someone said, sounds like somebody ran over a bicycle. Oh, yeah. That, oh, that was my, I have a motorcycle parked on the street. And so I went, we went outside, and sure enough, uh, we could see the taillights taking off. And uh, there, my biggest investment in life lay crumpled and bleeding on the street and the police eventually showed up it was really odd they they took forever to come and and uh and I remember the police officer saying, saying you know boy if that were my 
bike, I'd be really upset. And, and all I could think was, but it's not my bike. And, I, and as I saw it there, my thought, first thought was, Lord, if that's what you want to do with your money, well, that's, that's up to you. I thought I had a better idea, but that's yours. You do what you want with it. That's where we need to be. Lord, okay, that's just something, a little thing. The same is even true of our health, of our loved ones. Lord, they're yours. And I know you love them more than than I do. But I can trust you with them. Here they are. Well, these disciples were there in the midst of a terrible storm. And the, the, the fire was, was blowing fiercely. And I was struck by a passage I read from J. Vernon McGee. He said, I remember one time when my dad took me with, took me with him on a trip in his horse and buggy. You can tell an older gentleman. A storm came up there in the West Texas, and being just a boy, I was frightened. The wind was blowing up a real storm, and we were getting wet. And as instantly I saw that, can you get wet in West Texas? But I never shall forget that my dad put his arm around me and said, Son, you can just trust me. I snuggled right up to him and trusted him. And we got through the storm. My earthly father is gone. He died when I was 14. I didn't have my earthly father very long. But I've had a heavenly father now for a great many years, whom I trust through the storms of this life, and all these problems that come up, I wish I had the answers to give you, but I don't. So let's both trust him. Well, there they were in the storm. And I can imagine there were questions, there were doubts, there were fears. Perhaps someone said, why are we in this boat in the first place? You know, they weren't all fishermen. Someone may have said, you know, Jesus said to get in the boat. Don't know. When they had rowed about three or four miles, so they were almost through their trip, they saw Jesus walking on the sea and drawing near the boat, and they were afraid. Matthew says when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a ghost, and they cried out in fear. Which shows they were kind of influenced by the superstitions of their age, thinking it was a ghost. But it was Jesus they were seeing. I have to tell you, you know, liberals are those who don't believe the Bible. They believe the Bible is man's writing, man's ideas. And so what do they do with a story like this? One liberal answer to this is um, they were actually following the coastline pretty closely. And so when they saw Jesus walking, he was actually walking on the coast. It just looked like he was on the water. Maybe. But then how is it that when Jesus stepped, or when Peter stepped off the boat, that's this incident where Matthew records that John doesn't. Well, how is it he sunk into, what, a foot of water by the coast? The story doesn't fit. Jesus was walking on the water. And as he approached, his words were simple. And as I, I read it the way it is in the Greek. Your translations won't usually have, it is I. In Greek, it's I am, a go, a me. Now, that's important because back in Exodus chapter 3, verse 14, when Moses said to the Lord, when he was sending them to Egypt, he said, Who am I to tell them who's sending me? What name shall I say of God? 
And God said to Moses in Exodus 3.14, I am who I am. And he said, you shall say to the children, I am has sent you. I am who I am. I am has sent you. In the Greek text, translation of that text, it's, a, it's the same Greek phrase, I am, a go a me. So Jesus, as he speaks to them, what does he say? As they're in the midst of the storm, I am. He speaks God's name to identify himself. I am. He was identifying himself as the Lord of the Bible. Psalm 93, 4, the Lord on high is mightier than the noise of many waters, than the mighty waves of the sea. Like I said, we, we may not ever get caught in a storm um, at sea. But we can get caught in the storm of life when we wonder if we will be overwhelmed by whatever circumstances it may be. It might be, in these days, it might be a financial crisis. It might be a medical crisis. It might be a family crisis. The Lord on high is mightier than the noise of many waters, than the mighty waves of the sea. Isaiah 43, 16 says, Thus says the Lord, who makes a way in the sea and a path through the mighty waters. What he was saying is, you don't have to be afraid of the, of the sea and of the storm. The creator is here. The one who made it is here. And he showed his disciples. He was teaching them again. He was reminding them of his power. Remember back in, in a previous event, he was asleep in the boat. And the storm came and, and the sailors wondered if they were going to perish in the sea. Again, a terrible storm that even these experienced fishermen would say, we're not going to survive this one. And they woke up Jesus. And what, remember what they said to him? Don't you care? Speaking of little faith. And what did Jesus do? Since they just woke him up, the first thing he says, is there any coffee on board? But then he stood and, he, and he, what did he say to the storm? Hush, be still. Instantly, instantly, it was a glassy sea again. That was before this. But here they are again in a panic in the storm. And he reminds them, I am. I am the God of creation. I am the Lord of all. And so what he's telling him, don't get a right view of who I am. Don't look for the political king that the crowd is trying to make. I am the Lord God. And you follow my agenda. It says in verse 21, they... They willingly received him into the boat, and immediately the boat was at the, at the land where they were going. I take that to be another miracle. He stepped in the boat, and they arrived. Lesson learned. Now we can get on with business. What is he trying to tell us? I think he, he doesn't even tell us about the Peter's walk, does he? That's really interesting. Uh, uh, many people, when they preach this passage from John, they spend much of the time talking about Peter and his trying to walk on water. John doesn't mention it. He knows we have Matthew, so, and that's a good lesson. But what Matthew is teaching us when he tells us about Peter, he's talking about lessons we can learn about our own faith. How, uh, while his eyes were on Jesus, he could walk on water. As soon as he looked at his circumstances, he began to sink. Great lessons about the faith walk. 
But John doesn't want us to focus here on the faith walk. He's focusing on the one in whom we have our faith. And what did he say at the end of the book? I've written this so that you will know who he is and believe in him. How did he begin? In the beginning was the word. The word was with God and the word was God. See, the issue is who is Jesus? And if he is the Lord God of all creation, if he is the sovereign God of the the scriptures, we can trust him. And so the most so so Matthew wants us to learn from Peter what that what that trust how what that's supposed to look like. John wants us to remember who is Jesus. And that's why it's so important to know who he is and, and what he's like. We know his power, we know his wisdom, we know his heart of love. And so when we are in a storm, we have to recognize that the Lord God, who is all-powerful over all these circumstances, whether it be finance, health, family, politics, we think of the people in Ukraine that are watching cities being demolished brutally. We think of the people in Uvalde who've seen their their hearts crushed brutally. And how important it is at a time like that to say, not that I understand what God is doing, but I know who is God. I know he is all wise, he is all powerful, and he is all good. I will trust him. And so he was teaching them that lesson. Favorite passage came to mind as I thought of this again, Isaiah chapter 43, verse 2. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, nor shall the flame scorch you. Does this mean that a believer will never be burned? Of course not. What's he saying? Nothing will touch you. Except I, it comes through my will. Like, you know, Daniel's three friends in the fire. If God wills, we'll, go, we'll be okay. And if not, we're still not going to disobey him. So they yielded himself, God, however you want to solve this problem. In that case, the flame didn't hurt them. These passages and the the fact that Jesus came and rescued them in the storm, that doesn't mean that a Christian will never sink at sea. That disease will not win. I so remember the time in the hospital when I was going to visit a believer. terminal with cancer and I went in to, to talk with her and as I, before I went in I sat out in the car and I said Lord what scripture would you have me share and Psalm 91 came to mind you know the pestilence will not come near you I walked in and her words to me soon were you know I've been thinking about Psalm 91 how does that work with it seems to me like the pestilence has come near and together we talked about the reality that What God is saying is he won't come near unless I say, you have my permission. 
Remember how God told Satan, do whatever you want to Job, just don't touch his body. And then he came back and said, do whatever you want to Job, just don't kill him. God is in control and he knows what is best. And, and where we need to be is at the place of, Lord, whatever most glorifies you. That's my, that's my greatest ambition. That my life, my health or lack of it, my death. Paul could say when he was thinking about, you know, what do I want? Do I want to keep living or do I want to die? Remember in Philippians 1.21? Uh, he wrestled with to the Philippians. He was there in prison and wondering, will, will, will Caesar execute me? How do you pray? And, and he said, I, I wrestle. For to me, to live is Christ, but to die is gain. I'm, I'm delighted to be alive and serving him, but frankly, better off to be in his presence. But he said, I guess I have to stay for a while longer. But that's where we need to be, Lord. You know what is best. And I can trust you for the grace if the storm will hurt. You're my shepherd. Your rod, your staff, comfort me. But the most important thing of all is in the midst of the storm, in the valley of the shadow of death, I am with you is what the Lord is saying. How I've been praying. I don't know much about the faith condition of the families there in Uvalde. But praying that God's grace will come and and comfort hearts. That they might know his strength and his grace through this. I know there are many, many, many believers in, in, in Ukraine and how it has hurt to see their nation destroyed and their population and their family. And, but many are trusting in the Lord through it. These truths are life truths. The greatest thing the people of Uvalde need is to know that Jesus is the I am. And he will draw near and give them strength. He gave strength to Jesus while he was on the cross. And he gave strength to Mary at the foot of the cross. Both were in a storm. But God in his wisdom knew what would accomplish his greatest glory for each of them. And so please understand, I'm not saying if you love Jesus, you'll never suffer. Because often God shows his greatest glory by how we respond to suffering. You think about it, tonight's Memorial Day discussion. And, and because we had to brief, uh, abbreviate the message, I'm going to try and make it especially long this evening. Just to be, uh, you know, because I, I owe it to you. But, you know, when I, I, I've been thinking much about some of our heroes in history, and, for example, the Medal of Honor winners throughout history. You know, they don't give that just because, you know, you were really nice, and everybody in your platoon likes you, so 
we've decided to honor you. Well, usually it's because many of them, it's, it's an honor given to the family when that one is already gone. It's given to one who has risked everything, often lost much. But they showed something that is a, 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 a spark of hope and inspiration to our nation. The Lord God shows his glory most brightly in the darkest of storms. So do not resent the storm. Keep your eye on the Savior. That's what John is saying. The strength for the storm is not, we can do better. It'll be okay. The strength for the storm is the sovereign is there in the storm. The gospel accounts tell us, one of them mentions that when Jesus was up on the mountain, it said, he saw them on the lake. He saw them. He sees us. And he cares deeply for us as his children. And so the message for us is to learn the lesson of Jesus walking on the storm. He will send his people. He will send his people into the storm. Knowingly. Lovingly. But as he sends us into the storm, he sends his grace. And the greatest grace he sends is, he's with us. Emmanuel, God with us. If you're in that storm now, look for the Savior walking on the waters. For many of us, that storm is coming. Burn it in your heart. As Christ could walk on the, through the stormy waters to care for his disciples, he, can, he will walk through the stormiest of gale to be with me. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, thou art with me. Father, we... We thank you for this glorious presentation of your truth. Again, we pray for our sister who even now is uh, heading home. We pray your protection. We pray your recovery. We pray your abounding grace and encouragement. Father, we pray for our brothers and sisters that are in the storm of Ukraine. Protect them, we pray, Father. Guide them, we pray. Bring peace, we ask, to that land. But Father, how I pray each and every one of your children will know that you are with them. And Father, I pray many will come to trust in the Lord of the, of, of the storm, to know your strength, to know your salvation. Father, we pray for those who grieve in Uvalde, and that is not just those who have lost. A whole community, a whole nation, grieves for that heartache and tragedy. We pray your mercy, Father, 
We pray we, you would bring the, the glorious light of Christ into many a heart through this time. For those who are your children, may they, may they know your strength in unbounding ways. And Father, we thank you that you are a God who weeps. As our Lord Jesus Christ could weep at the grave of his beloved friend Lazarus, you know and have a compassionate heart. May your compassion, may your grace, may your strength, may your glorious saving gospel be known in Uvalde. And Father, I pray for these, my brothers and sisters. I pray for myself. You know the storms into which you'll be sending us, Father. Help us to see Christ. And Father, I pray we'd be found faithful for your glory. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.